Chapter 9 Washukani While King Tashrada and his wife, Yuni, waited for the royal scribe in the throne room at Washukani, the Mitanni capital, a tense conversation unfolded. Tushrata anxiously paced back and forth, vacillating between worry and anger. He was a handsome man, in good physical condition, with a squarish, olive-colored face, deep, dark brown eyes, and curly, black, braided hair and beard. His light-colored woolen robe was tied with his belt of kingship. Akhenaten's lack of interest worried the Mitanni king. Weeks have gone by, Yuni, and I have not heard a word from my brother, he lamented. Tushrata was actually Akhenaten's father-in-law, as he sent his daughter Tarukipa to Egypt to wed Akhenaten's father, Amenhotep III, just before the Egyptian pharaoh died. The young widow remained in the royal court, inherited by the new pharaoh. But connections between the Egyptians and the Mitanni were much stronger than one marriage. Yuni's distant relative, Taye, also married into the Egyptian court a generation earlier, when she wed Amenhotep III. The term brother was used in official messages among the kings in the ancient Near East. And being both a diplomatic brother and an actual father-in-law, Tushwada was not used to being ignored. Akhenaten must be made to pay attention to me, he fretted. The Hittites are invading our lands, pushing into Mitanni territory, moving south into Syria, and at this moment marching toward Carchemis. Shaking her head, Yuni smiled thinly, barely hiding her scorn for her husband's lack of control over his kingdom. Plus, he embarrassed her and her side of the family irreparably on the world stage. After sending their daughter Tadukipa to Egypt, Tushrata sent a missive to Egypt asking for a favor. He wanted Tadukipa to replace Yuni's older aunt, the aging Queen Taye, as Akhenaten's queen consort. That hadn't happened, and now he felt he was being cheated by his Egyptian in-laws. Tushrata's rant continued. I don't understand why Akhenaten isn't responding to my pleas. Our diplomats were there when his father died. I have followed the protocol closely. Remember when I sent a note to Aunt Taye when Amenhotep died? Do you have a letter, Nizer? he asked when his scribe entered the room. Yes, sire. Go ahead, read it to Queen Yuni. Show her we said nothing inappropriate. Looking at the tablet, Nizer straightened his back and cleared his throat. <clears> throat> When I heard that my brother had gone to his fate, on that day I sat down and wept. On that day I took neither food nor water and simply grieved. When they told me Amenhotep's son is king in his stead, I said, My brother is not dead. His eldest son is now in his place. And nothing whatsoever will ever be changed from the way it was before. That's what I wrote, Tush said. I remember, Yuni said. It was a very worrisome time. And I reminded Queen Taye of my request to make Tarukipa a queen escort, Tush continued. I sent three hundred servants along with her. Very few have any idea of the sacrifice you made in sending your daughter to Egypt, Nizer agreed. And such an endeavor is not for the financially faint of heart. A pair of horses and a chariot, plated with gold and inlaid with precious stones. A litter for a camel adorned with gold and precious stones blue cloth and garments, bracelets, a saddle adorned with gold eagles, and dresses colored purple, green, and crimson. These items you also sent to Egypt. Yes, presents that I have never been fairly compensated for, Tushrata exclaimed. You were compensated, Yuni snapped at him, 
Akhenaten sent you the golden statues. But they were not solid gold. The statues were gold only on the outside. Still, this is no reason for them to push Taye from the queen consort position, Yuni replied. You are sending whining letters and showing Pharaoh you are weak. You must stop complaining. Tush had a reason to complain. It was true. Egypt was not helping him. But the weakness within his own family was the primary reason for his woes. He was placed on the throne to assume control of the empire at a young age. And his youth and inexperience accelerated the decay of Mitanni rule. The local chiefdoms were withdrawing their support, uncertain of their future as vassals of the Mitanni king. The arranged marriage between Tushrata and Yuni was a wise political move. Her descendants were horsepeople from the Iranian plateau. Their equine expertise gave them mobility and strength to prevail over armies on foot, providing a needed addition to Tush's forces. Tushrata was battling in-laws as well as outlaws to keep his fractured kingdom cobbled together, and he had to find a boost of wealth from somewhere. Amenhotep had gifted him gold in the past, so this was not an unreasonable request. Where do we find the gold we deserve if we do not push Akhenaten to share his Egyptian wealth, dear wife? Within our own kingdom, dear husband. Yuni was the money person in the relationship, the one who counted the pennies. Tush relied heavily on her ability to keep the palace coffers in balance and knew very little of the everyday ebb and flow of his money stream. How? The northern trade routes are being plundered by the Hittites. Now cities below Babylon are falling to the Assyrians and cutting off the southern routes. We'll get it from Canaan, Tush, Uni explained. I have recently arranged to bring royal blue dye from the coast. Like gold, Canaanite dye commands royal prices. The dye trade will make us wealthy and strong again. Only if we stop the banditry in the Amorite territory, my queen, Nizer said quietly. The queen was not aware of the latest setback. I am sorry to report this, Your Majesty, but the first shipment has been stopped. Uni was shocked. What do you mean, stopped, Nizer, she yelled. The dye was stolen somewhere between Kadesh and Katna. Nizer held his ground, as he was very familiar with his queen's quick temper. Then move more troops into Katna, Uni demanded. What is Akizi doing about this, she asked. Akizi was another relative and the ruler of Katna. Akizi has Katna well fortified. The problem is the lawless region between Baalbek and Katna. Have Kikoli position more troops in Katna, Yuni replied. Kikoli, the famous horse trainer, was Yuni's ace in the hole. He cannot leave Nuzi because of the Assyrians, Nizer explained. Shit! Is that all, Nizer? she asked. She was weary of hearing bad news whenever the scribe reported to her. No, Nizer replied. The Ishtar issue is resurfacing. I thought we were done with Ishtar, Uni said. I sent her statue to Egypt to get her out of here. Is Nineveh becoming restless? What do the priests say? The problem is in Lalish, at the temple of Ishtar, north of Nineveh, Nizer explained. I have heard from others about this, Tushrata added. There was an appearance in Ishtar's Lalish temple. It is making quite a stir inside the religious community. What appearance? Is it a person? Where does this person come from? Who sent him? What does he want? She. It is a she, Uni. Well, Tush, is she a vagrant? What's the big deal? Why not just feed her and send her away? Most importantly, why is this your problem? There are things about the woman that cannot be explained. She just appeared, seemingly, out of nowhere, at the end of the sacrifice of the bull, 
and she is different. Different? How? In what way, Tush? As you know, the people of Lalish are light-skinned, like the Hittites. They have blue eyes and light hair. This woman is dark, like us, more like you. Being of Mediterranean descent, Tushrata's skin was olive-colored, while Uni's copper color was from her eastern origins. Her ancestors were horse people from the temperate grasslands and savannas of the Eurasian steppe, where horses became domesticated. So she's not from around there. Did they find out what she wants? They don't know, as she remains unconscious. She came covered in a divine blue material, unlike any they have ever seen. It pushes water away from it, and there are more layers of unknown fabrics underneath, also royal blue. More evidence she is divine. Is she divine? If she is, then why is she unconscious? They found two holes that run through her body. A broken bone that moves and crackles when it is pushed lies underneath one hole near her neck. But as I said, she has not spoken. She stays asleep. I'm still confused. Why do people think she is divine, Tush? Obviously, she is broken, like a human. The royal blue color and the holes running through her body suggest a powerful entity. And she brought with her a symbol of fertility, the symbol of Ishtar. It was brought to the temple of Lalish in her womb. The thing is made of shiny metal, and it is shaped like this. He formed a letter T with his index fingers. Okay, so they think she is divine. They think she is Ishtar. What are you doing about it? Someone needs to disprove this. Goddesses don't just come to earth, at least not in modern times. When was the last time Ishtar ate the food provided for her? At all of her temples? Never! She has never come to earth. This is heresy. I know it looks bad, Tushrata said morosely. Then he brightened up. Wait a minute. I have a great idea. Why don't you and Citri help me with this problem? How? She lifted her head, her eyes wary. How exactly can I help you? Isn't this already beyond repair? Do you think I am a wizard? He wasn't sure how to explain his idea to her, because he hadn't expected her to be so defeated so early in the game. She usually jumped at a challenge. I think both of you should go and assess the situation. It's perfect. This is your area of expertise. Just because Citri and I are religious? But we don't worship Ishtar. She's not our goddess. Regardless, you must do this for me, Uni. You and Citri are the best people to help me. You are already skeptical. Who better to determine if she is real? You are women, and this should be investigated by a woman. And you are the queen. So it is decided, and there will be no more discussion. I see, Uni paused. When her husband decided, there was no more she could say. Realizing this could be an opportunity to advance her own agenda, she smiled submissively. All right, dear, I'll do it. Really? Yes, I'll do it. I must let Citri know right away. When do you want us to leave? Soon. I'll accompany you to Nineveh. From there you will go north to Lalish, and I'll go south. It is time for me to visit Kikoli, to see what progress he has made on the chariots, and spend time with the horses. End of chapter